second. No. no, May 1st. It's still May 1st? <laughs> All day. Oh, man. Okay, May 1st. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how long the day has been. You want to talk about, what was it again? Ed Young. I want to talk about well, mixed messaging. Yeah, let's talk about Toronto, because I'm just looking at Toronto Public's Health messages from today and there is a lot going on here yeah but you said first that john tory was on metro morning this morning yeah. giving mixed messages yes okay. sounds so like john tory well, does it i don't know he's yes. been i th- feel like he's been fairly consistent uh, so b- so this is this is follows a bunch of reports of people in the paper complaining that the bylaw officers are being too heavy-handed with with how they're defining the how they're handing out tickets so i think there's something they're in excess of eight hundred dollars these tickets right that they're handing out for really like for literally people standing for more than two minutes was the one that i read most recently a woman went out to walk her dog and had a baby with her baby who's teething apparently but she stopped to text or make a phone call or something in a I guess there was a gazebo there, but she stopped there and I guess a bylaw officer timed her and came over and said, you were standing here for more than two minutes. Here's your $800 ticket. And it just feels, I I think, I think Doug Ford was actually asked about that incident and he said, yeah, I think the, he was more, more or less supportive of the bylaw officers doing their job and and said they were doing a good job, but he also said that sometimes they can be a little heavy-handed. Fine, if you want to make that the rule, no stopping for even two minutes in a park, fine, okay. But well, then you probably ca- the gazebo. I think it's the park amenities that are closed. They call the, stop the fact that they... So she made the point of saying there was no tape around the gazebo. Like, mm-hmm. there was tape yeah, around other and parts. Yeah, benches, like, other people... Our friend's dad, who's like 80 years old, was asked to get off a park bench. Yeah. <laughs> like, well. Yeah. So so that's what's going on. And that's, I don't know, upsetting to some degree. But then, th- so John Tory was on Metro Morning today. And he's adding to the mixed messaging here. So I think that is the problem. People don't really know what they're allowed to do and what they're mm-hmm. not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Because definitely at the beginning of this thing, even Eileen Davila and people were saying, yeah, you know, kids need to get out. They need to go to the playgrounds. We're going to, yeah, that's okay. I, I didn't know you couldn't be on a gazebo. Like playgrounds are closed and yeah. you keep your distance. Those are, that's all I know. And then it kind of becomes, and then it, every time we hear a story, like someone got a ticket for sitting on a bench or someone got a t- ticket for sitting on a ground, sitting on the ground, taking a phone call. Like these are, we're like learning, oh, that's really what you're ticketing for. And then now today, I think this was today. Uh, I'm just going to double check. Yeah, five hours ago, this was published. Um, he's talking about the beautiful weather. He was he was in, he was on Metro Morning talking about how the weather is going to be really nice on Sunday. It's supposed to be 21 degrees. And here's what he says. He says, I know people are going to go outside. It's going to be a glorious day on Sunday. That first day we have every spring where you feel like you can feel the warmth of the sun and you just want to be outside, he said. I th- I just think if people are careful and they're mindful of the two meters, then they can go to the park. 
even though I know we're supposed to be telling them to stay home. Says the man who closed Hyde Park. Yeah. <laughs> like. But, I mean, come on. You can't be okay. giving out $800 so tickets. So here's what Eileen DeVilla said yeah. this afternoon, yeah. same day. Yes. She said, in closing, we are anticipating nice weather this weekend. While I know we will all want to be outside, what continues to be best for our community is to stay home as much as possible and to continue practicing physical distancing. This doesn't mean you can't go outside at all. What I'm asking is for you to limit your outings and to make sure you are being careful about practicing physical distancing when you go outside. This is the best way to protect yourself and everyone around you. But are you going to get a ticket if you... if you stand to take a phone call in a park like it i don't think so i think it was the gazebo the gazebo issue there and you might still get a ticket if you sit on a bench too close to people if you use park amenities if you try and play football like i'm sure you still will get tickets (sighs) yeah but yeah i mean ridiculous and this I is don't think, I highly doubt that outdoor surfaces are a meaningful source of transmission. No, yeah. And I mean, uh, added to this is an increasing number of other jurisdictions, even in Canada, like BC, Bonnie Henry is uh, encouraging residents to go outside. Uh, Henry said that the risk of COVID-19 transmission outside is infinitesimally small, quote, quote, unquote, in most circumstances. So it's... It's I just don't know about infinitesimally. I've been looking for evidence of that. And I, mm-hmm. as I mentioned yesterday, I haven't had a lot of time. Mm-hmm. But there was a paper that I did read that I read because somebody said that Bonnie Henry had mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it doesn't say what people say that it's saying. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so what is it? What it's saying that like it looked at. Um, clusters of cases in China yeah. in like a bunch of cities, but not in the, in the hot zone. Right. Right. Not in Hubei province and not even in Shanghai or Beijing because they didn't report properly, but any, all other cities and places where there were cases that were reporting cases. Mm-hmm. So they had like 7,000 cases or something that had enough information that they could do this analysis Mm -hmm. and they were looking at transmission and and they wanted to look at clusters so anytime there was a cluster of three or more cases that had like the same source or were Mm -hmm. infected in the same place Mm -hmm. then they studied that and they came up with there's like 1200 cases that were infected in like 300 clusters Mm -hmm. And of those 300 clusters, Mm -hmm. the vast majority were indoors. Right. Which it was only like, I I think 20, okay, this is from memory, but I think 26 of those clusters were like miscellaneous, like not in a specific indoor location. And only a fraction of the miscellaneous was even outdoor. Mm -hmm. So very tiny cluster. But, and this is the part that I haven't seen people talking about, and then I always feel like, am I missing something because I'm not an expert, or am I just the only one that actually read the whole paper? Right. (laughs) So, 
they're only talking about 1,200 of 7,000 cases. They're not saying where those other 7,000 cases came from. Right. What if every single one of them got infected outdoor uh, and it just wasn't uh, a cluster, right? Sure. Yeah. So because like they wouldn't be. They would be spread like yeah, like one or two from each person. Exactly. Whatever that, yeah. Just yeah. how you would expect spread to go. And I'm sure they weren't all outdoors. I'm sh- absolutely sure they weren't. But the point is the paper wasn't accounting for all transmission. It was just looking at clusters. Where do mm-hmm. clusters happen? Mm-hmm. They happen indoors. Yeah. So there is. So I think some people in Winnipeg, some researchers in Winnipeg, sorry, uh, yeah, University of Manitoba, are making the statement. Sh- uh, wh- who is the names of these people? Sharp? Uh, no, professor. Yeah, University of Kevin Combs was interviewed by CBC News. I think this might be. He's a. I'm not sure. Microbiolo- microbiologist. And this might just be an opinion-based thing as opposed to anything based on a study. But, you know, I think there are... I think they're basing it on the amount of exposure time. What? What are they basing? Like just stating that if you're walking by someone, even if they coughed at, like, just the right time, mm-hmm. like you're... Yeah, like that's what it would have to take. And then yeah. the, the exposure time is so short. Yeah. Because previously, like, they've been, like, the first estimates of how much contact you have to have with somebody to get it is, like, at least kind of 15 minutes of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. close contact, Mm -hmm. which is why it feels like passing somebody on a trail is not going to get you infected. But at the same time, I still haven't seen, like, good transmission data that says that there's very little risk. But, I mean, we know just from the fact that I mean, I mean, how much do we know anything? It's only been studied for however long. But mm-hmm. there's been multiple preprint studies mm-hmm. that are claiming that 70 to 80 percent of transmission happens in households specifically. Yeah. Forget about workplaces and restaurants and all of those other places where we know transmission happens. Mm-hmm. Specifically households. Like it's so cl- like. So there's just so little transmission left <sighs> to occur outdoors. Yeah. For the first, I think we we were only, so I think Caden had COVID, like was 99% (laughs) positive for COVID for like two days, right? (laughs) And during that time, I was like trying to wipe down all the surfaces. Caden did not have COVID. No, he did not. But like in my mind, he 99% did. So I was like, you know, trying to figure out how, what are all the ways, like, where are all the surfaces that, like, if you're doing something, you come in out of mm-hmm. the ro- his room and, like, grab mm-hmm. something and go back in. Like, what did you touch? And, like, sink handle. Like, I'm as kind of assuming that you would have been exposed and then, you know, everything yeah. that you touch was kind of contaminated as well. And I was, like, trying to regularly wipe down, you know, before I o- turned on the sink faucet, I was, like, trying to wipe it with soap and Mm -hmm. things like all those things and it's just so many like it was so hard so hard if you had if you're using like a bathroom and a kitchen without having like a basement to yeah quarantine yeah it would be like that it's so clear that the number of opportunities it just it's just in a household in a house and living in the same house yeah and even then not everybody who lives with somebody gets infected yeah 
So then what are the chances of getting infected because you're sitting beside somebody in a park? Yeah. Or passing somebody on a trail. Like it just seems to me like this is not Mm -hmm. where our efforts need to be. Like efforts definitely need to be preventing crowds, Mm -hmm. shoulder to shoulder crowds of people. Yeah. Outdoor events. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah. Ticketing people who come within three feet of each other instead of six feet. I don't think so. Okay. We agree. (sighs) Okay. Ed Young. Is that his name? Yeah. I just wanted to mention. So Mm. Ed Young is an author who I've mentioned several times on this podcast because he's been writing amazing pieces in the Atlantic. Big, long form sweeping pieces that really take an overview of the situation which is just it's rare what i love and is rare yeah and so i've talked about that and today i just stumbled upon his twitter account mm-hmm. and i went to his page to follow him and then in his bio i saw that he is the author of one of my favorite non-fiction science books which which is um I contain multitudes, mm-hmm. or is, uh, we contain multitudes. Now I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a book about microorganisms, and it is amazing, mm-hmm. astounding compendium of the role that microorganisms play in the world and in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And if you read it, you will never think the same way about bacteria mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And he's the same guy. And it turns out he's the same guy. Yeah. Uh, He's got some skill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Read read all the things that Ed Young writes. That's my message. Mm -hmm. And something else? I wanted to talk about... We were talking a bit about how face masks are now... Oh, yeah. Right. So masks are a topic of conversation again. Mm -hmm. Um, Two things to talk about. One is how what should we wear in public? And one is what innovations can we bring into the hospital? Mm -hmm. So on the public side of things, I saw a paper from JAMA today that was uh, succinctly put as tired face masks wired face shields (laughs) and the concept being that face shields are they're saying a better option to wear in public than face masks Mm -hmm. for the following reasons one they're much more durable they're much easier to clean you can just quickly wipe them down wash them with soap and water what have you Mm -hmm. they're see-through and so you can see the other person's mouth moving and mm-hmm. see their face and communicate better with them, mm-hmm. hear them better. And they're um, a bi-directional protection. Yeah. So they stop. It They'll protect you. When you wear a, a, a cloth face mask or a surgical mask in public, you're mostly protecting other people from your germs, but you're not really getting protected from other people's germs. Mm-hmm. But the face shield will protect you from quite a lot of yeah. droplets and even quite a lot of aerosols the paper claims especially with social distancing in place right. 
and they're easier to make than face masks. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good things for face shields. The main thing, of course, being that nobody wears face shields in public, and so be you'd look a little weird. You look <laughs> weird and <laughs> until it catches on, but they it when I read the paper, I was like, yeah, that does make a lot more sense. And then if you have a face mask and a face shield, yeah, that's like approaching as good as an N95 mask if you combine those together. Yeah. Well, there were people early on. I think these were people were kind of being made fun of, but there were. Um, I think they were using water jugs, like yes, wearing water jugs over their faces mm -hmm. as a kind of a face shield. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I mean, basically the same. Yeah. Same idea. Thing. Okay, and then your innovation that you read about today. Yeah, it sounds like there's people mostly getting, you know, increasing concern about the availability of N95 masks mm -hmm. turning to scuba masks. So these are the newer style of scuba masks where your mouth and nose and eyes and like your whole face is sealed. There's, there's a seal that goes around your whole face, not the old style where you, you uh, put a pipe in your mouth to breathe and, the, and you wear goggles to, c and to pinch your nose and, and cover your eyes. But this is one thing, one piece. And, uh, and the, there's a hole basically at the top for a pipe at the top of your head that when you're, I guess, swimming, the pipe would go up out of the water, allowing you to breathe the air for when you're scuba diving. But the what people are doing is just using that as a face shield and then adding a small cartridge. I think the article I read this was someone at Sunnybrook building prototypes using the type of filter you put on a ventilator. So there's a small, and Caden has a, has I think it's the same thing. I think there's a little, mm -hmm. a little filter that goes on and that is designed for, uh, and, it, and it is designed to filter out bacteria and viruses. I don't know if they're precisely in 95, but they're similar. The, the goal is similar. So incoming air is filtered. Incoming and outgoing air, I guess, is filtered. Because you could always have someone who's sick has something, and that that ventilator is is pushing, is drawing air in from the room and drawing and pushing breathed out air back into the room, and so you don't want to spread that. So the goal is the same. So you could add those cheap little cartridges to the top of the scuba mask, and then they're adding. And then you have this durable reusable face shield basically that's yeah. a scuba mask yeah that's sealed even that's sealed around your face probably more comfortable to wear yes because you've got a and it's meant to be worn for long periods of time yeah and w so i mean who knows how well it would work i'd be worried about fogging is the one thing i'm not yeah. sure how how well it works but then on top of the face shield aspect then you have the filtered air yeah coming through yeah um, yeah, because one of the big problems with all these reusable masks, I mean, not reusable, disposable masks, is that they're not really meant to be worn for 12 hours at a time, Yeah, which is what is happening. 
And they're so uncomfortable. They're made to be thrown away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they're they made can't to be worn for one patient and thrown away. So they can't put like a bulky rubber seal around the outside of it that would be comfortable, like a mm -hmm. something that would be, yeah. Even when I was in hospital with Caden and I had to wear a surgical mask for a lot of the day, my ears were getting sore. Just because it's that. pulling on your ears. It's yeah, pulling on your ears. And that's like the minimum level of PPE required by anybody. Yeah. And it and I didn't like it. So I can only imagine having to wear all this stuff all day. The two days I wore a mask just for like when I went to to the bank. Like two mm -hmm. days I went to the bank, I put a mask on, immediately my glasses fogged up. And yeah, my ears by the end of the trip my ears were kind of sore. Mm -hmm. for Face sure. shields are more comfortable to wear. Yeah. I think. For me, anyways. Yeah. As long uh, as you have the tightness right around your head. Yeah. So, anyways, I think we're gonna. So we would keep going back and forth on what kind of PP we're gonna prepare for, because assuming at some point we may have to deal with this again in our house. So we need. I think we need some sort of mask. Things. So I think we'll buy a couple of these scuba masks, which are a lot cheaper than the other option I was thinking about, which is the industrial kind of N95 masks. So we'll test it out and report back. Yes. We can get our scuba masks. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that segues into N95. So mm -hmm. um, there is an interesting profile that ProPublica did where they followed this guy who was trying to get 6 million N95 masks mm -hmm. for a veterans hospital mm -hmm. somewhere. And um, in the U.S. In the U.S., yes. Yeah. And basically the title of the article was like in ex inexperience and incompetence leads to like workers dying on their front line. So this the investigation was that they were noticing that all these contracts for getting equipment were just going to these companies that had no experience <laughs> with these large contracts and <laughs> like and there was no bidding process and no anything so you know all this money right to do this work that they didn't seem to know how to do and so the reporters just started contacting them and this guy like let this reporter come along on the ride then the whole deal just fell through. Like, like all of shambles. these. shambles. Like all of these are, yeah. Um, and this was just like an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just see like, and it's bad because after it all falls through, he's like, and then he realized that this article is not going to look good for <laughs> him. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, it just looked really incompetent. Like this guy didn't know what he was doing. And that's, this is, it feels what the PB is hinging on in the states. And here, I keep re there was an article about Ontario. Someone from the Ontario government put in an order for fifty million and ninety-five masks. Mm -hmm. No one can get fifty million. E exactly right. Masks. Like the <laughs> fact that someone took an order for fifty yeah. million masks, right? Yeah. It means that they actually don't yeah. even know what is yeah. like. Yeah, sure. You want to order fifty million masks? Sure, we'll we'll take the order. That's possible. Yeah. And then they're like, I don't know how to do that. They no one knows what they can mm -hmm. actually get, right? So, 
yeah it's it feel and so now i'm like thinking back to what i remember hearing you know even at uhn and how people were getting more confident about the orders that were expected to come in and Mm -hmm. i think some of them must have been these kinds of orders right Mm -hmm. like the these um so do you know the current situation at uhn like i haven't been listening too closely to the updates they're still i mean they haven't switched to they're collecting all the old masks and they will reap I think they have a plan to reprocess them if needed. They haven't started reprocessing yet. So mm-hmm. that tells me that tells me that they, I think, have yeah. enough. They also are getting donations uh, from people like actually, you know, people who have real contacts in mm-hmm. factories that make masks or can convert to make masks. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the UHN, UHN's um, stock is getting replenished regularly from donors like that. that yeah. That actually have real contacts and know how to right. get real masks. Yeah, <laughs> different. <laughs> Anyways, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. There is going to be more than one movie yeah. about PPE procurement in the states when this is all over. Yeah, I mean, well, ventilators are probably the hottest thing people are talking about in general. But in the bigger scheme of things, like I think it might be like masks. Might no, there's be the way more ventilators i mean yeah ventilators is part of it but i feel like there's way more not everybody needs ventilators yeah exactly everybody needs pve so there's way more wheeling and dealing going on right it's the bigger story with the ppe yeah stockpiles everyone hopefully will have this in 10 in five years from now hopefully every jurisdiction will have giant warehouses just well filled with well managed stock we had a yeah. stockpile what happened to those 55 million expired masks yeah. i don't know either more questions okay did we do it i have a joke the one last thing to touch on that i just was reading about is the n95 masks it's worth mentioning it's worth noting that there's two types one is where you're breathing through the material of the mask both inhaling and exhaling and there's a type where there's a vent Mm -hmm. that opens it's just just a rubber flap that opens to let you exhale your breath when you're breathing out so it's it's a little easier to breathe out because you're not actually filtering your breath and it's not obvious that you'll you'll see people wearing them. If there's a little plastic thing on the outside of the mask, that's what that is. It's the vent. And so normally you assume when people are wearing the mask, they're protecting. It's like you said earlier, you're protecting both ways or or, or no, it's more protecting the other people from you if you're the one wearing oh, the if you're mask, wearing a right? surgical mask if you're wearing a surgical yeah. mask it's mm-hmm. like you are mostly and that's the main reason you were like public in public that's why mm-hmm. we want people wearing these right yeah. but then if you see someone wearing i don't know it, it i don't think anyone not that many people wear n95s just out in public but it is worth i see them every time i go out i, I do somebody too wearing an n95 i do too and now i've started noticing that some of them have the vent so you're kind of not 
you're flipping that yeah like around you you're projecting yourself and not other people yeah it's just it's just something that i started to think about a bit where more. surgical mask would work yeah maybe um that's all joke oh unless you have a comment no, I was going to say something, but now I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Everyone should just wear face shields. No, scuba no. masks. Yeah. All right. Okay, this joke was hilarious because it was like a joke found in the wild. In the so wild. on CNN, on some show, somebody took a screen capture of this. On the bottom little ticker thing, uh-huh. they had the question how or they meant to have the question how do asymptomatic people spread the virus but it (laughs) somebody wrote the wrong word and it actually said how do asymptotic people spread the virus (laughs) and so somebody made that a joke so the joke is how do asymptotic people spread the virus they never quite do yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's a good joke it is a good joke, especially with the screen capture. I wish I had that <laughs> to go along. <laughs> All right. Good, good night. night.